Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks. Um, it's a new year. It's our Friday roundtable show. It's the first episode of the new year. I'd like to wish you and your family, uh, hopefully you've had a great Christmas stuffed yourself with turkey, whatever you've had. And we've got a tight little panel here. We got might have some other members of the regular panel joining us as well. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Let's start with Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? Certainly. To listeners and viewers? <clears throat> if, if you uh, happen to be new to the show and, and don't know me, my name is Sally Getch. My business is <clears throat> WP Fangirl. I aim to build profitable websites that are a pleasure to use. And I'm the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California, and uh, <clears throat> am frequently joined by ADD Kitty here. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're listening to the audio, you need to go back and, and watch the video. All right. Um, John, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure thing. My name is John Locke. Um, my business is Lockdown Design, and... What I do is I help manufacturers and other blue-collar companies with SEO on their WordPress site. That's great. And Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? My name's Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, which is a WordPress plugin that makes it possible to create and sell engaging online courses. All right. That's great. And he's a builder as well. So there we are. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, before, and I'm the founder of WP Tonic, we're a WordPress maintenance support company with emphasis in membership and learning management system support. And before we go into our stories, I'm going to um, talk about our sponsor, and that's WP Intelligence. So what is WP Intelligence? It helps you with Google Analytics. It kind of puts it on steroids, basically. Um, I've got it on the WP Tonic website, and um, the founders, Tom and Ron, um, have been really helpful in getting it set up. It's a totally free plugin, um, and then um, they have... Um, training and support tiers which you can buy into if you um, wish to but it's not crippled the full functionality is there and it really does give you a lot more ability to track a lot more detail about what's going on on your website and it's amazingly powerful and it's an amazing plugin so um, if you're interested go to the W Intelligence website or go to the WP Tonic website and there'll be links in the show notes to their fabulous plugin. So um, with no, um, let's get on with it. Let's go into the news stories. And the first one was from WP Weekly. And it was an interview with Matt. Um, what did the panel, if they listened to the interview or had the opportunity, is anything kind of sticks in their mind about the interview? I thought it was a great interview. I, um, <clears throat> some of the best parts of it, if you're not going to listen to the whole thing, is at the very end, I thought, 
But some of the interesting, my two big takeaways from that interview were that um, that, you know, some of the, uh, the kind of commentary in the WordPress community was not really based on, you know, people actually testing it out and trying it out. Like there's a little bit of um, uh, just, you know, more like gossip without really getting into what Gutenberg actually is. And I thought that was interesting. And I think, um, you know, people are scared of change and that kind of thing. But I have, <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that um, he said somewhere in that interview that what's happening has been five years in the works. And I thought that, um, you know, well, if that is the case, there, I think there's a little bit of a challenge, which I think we'll discuss in Chris Lima's post about the narrative around the whole thing. I think there's a, there is an opportunity that has been missed, but can still be taken by Matt and the leadership at WordPress to shape the narrative a little better uh, and really take the lead. Cause I think a lot of the conjecture and speculation is coming from just filling the vacuum of what's actually, what's actually going on and why. Uh, I just think there's room for more clarity around that story. Like Chris Lim, like we'll talk about in Chris Lim's post. And the last thing I just want to say is that I thought that Triple J, um, John James Jacoby, uh, his comments at the very end of that interview about how BuddyPress might be useful inside of a Gutenberg block, I thought were really interesting and exciting. It, it makes me think about Lifter LMS and what you might be able to do with blocks in the future and really just kind of getting beyond the you know, this big change and thinking about, well, let's look at really specific plugins like forms or social networks or learning management systems. And how can we leverage blocks and move forward with a great innovation? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for that, Chris. Um, anybody else want to jump in? I only got as far as the discussion about the survey. If, if you want me to listen to something that's an hour long, I, I need it more than a day in advance. Uh, but I, I did think that was interesting uh, that, you know, the, the, looking at the survey results, the thing that smacked me in the face immediately is why did we have so, you know, 20 whatever thousand respondents in, in the, you know, in 2015 and, and not, you know, and then this, this massive drop off. Uh, and that there appears not to be a specific explanation uh, to that. It's been a matter of so you know whoever decided to to fill it out when they came to the WordPress.org website. So, um, but I think it would be nice to get a, a larger number of, of respondents in the in in the future. Yeah, I get your point about, I know you hate listening to podcasts. Um, I, I don't hate listening to podcasts. I love listening uh, to podcasts, but I have to be doing something where, you know, like driving yeah. a car or housework. Yeah, or petting your cats. Uh, okay, well, you know, it, the thing is, if they had a transcript, I could read it in 15 minutes. Yeah, well, they don't, do they? Um, but I thought I had to lead with it because it was a substantial interview in a, a slightly lacking news week. Um, and I... Um, I thought one of the, I was mentioning to John, one of the parts that kind of, and it's been fascinating because you, both of you um, have brought different aspects to the things that really kind of um, took your main interest in the interview. I, it, it was a, Mine was taken from a totally separate bit of the interview and it wasn't even anything about Gutenberg. It was about Matt's attitude to Google, actually. And... Um, because obviously they were talking that at WordCamp US, they had this partnership 
area, I'm probably not using the right term, but they had people doing things, partners, and Google were there. And, um, and Matt kind of sung their praises, and plus this abomination, which is Google, is it AMP? Am I AMP, getting it right yes. again? This abomination of a idea from Google, which they insist on keep plugging, um, then they're throwing tons of money at. And he even sung the praises of that particular technology, which kind of raised eyebrow for me because I, I well, think I, I, I just see it as a son of Satan myself. You know, sort of weird partnership about AMP, and I, I don't know. By the way, our, our former panelist uh, Adam Silver is watching us. I I believe on the, the Facebook live stream. He says he's All in right. Starbucks, so he can't join us. It's it's too noisy there. But he does want to point out that, you know, he also interviewed Matt Mullenweg on his podcast. Uh, it's in episode 200 of Kitchen Sink WP, if you want to go there and listen to it. And he does have a uh, transcript, although that's not published yet. All right. Well, you have to join us, Adam, next week or something. If you want to talk about it, you're most welcome. Uh, um, it, it's great to have the community listening. Um, thank you, Adam. Um, yeah, that was the bit. Uh, John, unmute yourself. And uh, was, was there any of that interview that struck you that you want to bring up? You know what? Honestly, I, I only <laughs> caught part of it because I was just listening to it this morning. And I didn't really get far enough to have a, a well-formed opinion, though. I will uh, pick up on a pattern that um, I, I'm seeing that Matt seems to to like to do the milestone shows. So... Uh, pencil in Matt and see if you can get him for episode 300. I think that would yeah. be a solid move. That would be great to have him on, wouldn't it? Um, we've got one of the regular panelists also join us, Adam. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, I don't know if you've had time to listen to this uh, podcast from Matt um, on WordPress Weekly at all. Um, no, yes? No, he hasn't, right. I think... Um, I thought in general it was a it was a pretty good strong performance and I agree with a lot of what Chris said about it you know um I think the communication part of it is one of the biggest um problems with um with the whole um way the project was initially launched it was kind of launched in a little bit of um confusion I feel and also there was a lot of concerns about time scale and um I think there's still a little there was a my this is solely my own impression there seemed to be a little bit of duality in the interview there seemed to be reassurance that it's going to be done the right way but also a, a kind of driving necessity you know we need to get this up and running as quick as possible almost so that there seemed to be a conflict to message a little bit there but my that might be just down to me all right let's go on to the next story because it's really very linked um and i also found it interesting and um if if i were talking about gutenberg and wordpress then it's from chris lemmer a fantastic writer and commentator in the WordPress community. Anybody wants to start off with that? What their thoughts about that particular article? I think he's making, you know, a, a very valid uh, <coughs> point. And I, I think in a way this, this ties in fairly well with a lot of what Morton has been saying about, you know, people need to understand that Gutenberg is not an editor. It's a, you know, it, it's a complete transformation of the way that, that WordPress 
works uh, and uh, that <clears throat> you know as, as you said before that you know people are sort of surprised about the you know this has been five years in the in the making and and you know perhaps <clears throat> given that it has been five years in in the making more thought about how to introduce it uh, would have been useful but uh, you know I think it also is kind of you know encouraging as here we have the oh okay you know so let's really start thinking about this and its possibilities and the understanding of of how to interpret things and i just had this you know sort of mental connection because you know i'm slow and, and it can take me a while um between what he was talking about about you know thinking about everything in in in, in blocks and um atomic design which is becoming a you know a, a stronger uh, move within the design community to break things down basically into blocks into this is like what a, a little bit of news block looks like or this is what a button looks like or this is you know create a, a kind of design library and then assemble all of your pages out of that and this is sort of the same thing for the content that goes within the uh, the, the design and then you have all of these modular bits that are easier to rearrange for whatever kind of a, a device you might end up viewing them on in the future because you know although i i think we're gonna it's gonna be a while before we get the 3ds around that uh, you know that, that morton was talking about and also i think there's going to be a limited number of things we want in 3d uh, you know it, it, we are only going to have to deal with as people who build you know uh, websites and and similar communication tools we're only going to have to deal with a larger number of device sizes and and shapes and and you know interfaces that people have with with the stuff that we're creating yeah i think that's really greatly put actually um i also thought his metaphor like you changing the engine with flight <laughs> That was a quite interesting metaphor. Um, anybody want to? Yeah, you know, you my mic works, right? This is my first time yeah. saying anything this morning. Okay. Um, you know, you could actually already do that whole block concept without the word blocks with uh, the Beaver Builder page builder. I've been building websites like that for two years. A Beaver Builder will let you create blocks, save them, and just drag and drop it and assemble things. Uh, so it's not like a new concept. I think the, 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 the real new concept, which is not new either, it just would be new to WordPress, is the having your the process of building a website be more intuitive right now if you're on a page and you're editing something there i can't go and click my menu and change something there at the same time so there's it's all disjointed you know it's like it would be like a marriage of beaver builder inside of the customizer where you could just do all of it all at the same time because you could do a lot in the cut it's like the customizer you're you're messing with your headers and your footers but not the page content so it's kind of marrying your page content with everywhere else on your website you know i actually talked about this last month in a video uh that to calm people's nerves after watching the wcus a keynote, but you know, they've been talking about this for a while that that is the ultimate vision. The only scary thing though is that this vision's coming really darn fast, right? You know, we're talking, they say, a Gutenberg theme, which I imagine you're doing everything from top to bottom is coming by the end of the year. I think it's ambitious, but you know, um, I'm actually making a video today. I don't know if uh, 
many folks in the audience are actually on my channel to watch it. Um, and I'm testing out this app. You know, have you heard of AppSumo? You know, they got the lifetime deals. So there's a website builder on there right now. And it works like that. You're in the website builder. You click in the menu area and you can change the menu or the header globally. And then you can click in the content and you can do something there. And it's just a fluid experience. And so like the premise of the video is I'm going to say how, you know, I called Matt he gave me early access to the Gutenberg theme, and here it is. And look how you can do it. Because people need to realize what it is. And the best way to realize what something is is to actually see it, feel it, touch it. Obviously, you know, I'm not uh, – I'm pro WordPress. I'm not saying this is like a great tool at all, this other AppSumo deal tool. But it might be. Uh, but it gets it right, even though it's like – really basic you know what I mean it gets it right and it kind of demonstrates where this whole thing is uh, where this whole thing is is going uh, but I, I, I what I like about it you know just so you know part of the conversation page builders are already building their integration uh, there is an alpha version of Elementor which is on 400,000 websites and so you know when you install Gutenberg it says classic editor Gutenberg and now it says Elementor so you can just take your your pick, you know, whatever you want to use to build whatever you're going to build. Um, so anyways. Um, yes. I mean, I, I, I think Chris makes the, uh, Mr. Lemma makes the, the, the point here very, very clearly, but you know, the page builders of today solve this problem in terms of like blocks of, of layout and savable things very well already. And it would be silly for WordPress to just kind of like reinvent the wheel. And there is something more than that going on there, which is part of why, you know, page builders are probably still going to be a thing, at least for, for a while. And, and you know, the people like Beaver Builder and Elementor have already said, look, we're working on this. We're going to, you know, it's going to integrate. You're, you're going to be, you're going to be fine. I mean, we've been hearing a, a, a number of plugin developers talk about this, that, you know, ACF, uh, CMB, you know, it's like we're we're making sure that it's it's going to still work, and your you know the things you built with our plugin are not gonna uh, not gonna break. And so I you know I think the idea is to say, well, um, uh, you know, we're gonna do with our content also what we're doing, what things like page builders do with our layout. And uh, this is interesting. Yeah, what did you think, Chris? I thought Chris's article was great. Um, if anybody listening to this hasn't read the book, which is a classic now called The Lean Startup, I highly recommend it. There's a concept in there called pivot or persevere. And sometimes you have to make a pivot in the business model, sometimes a major pivot to you know succeed or to stay alive. <laughs> uh, and then sometimes you got to double down and persevere like WordPress has always been. And sometimes you got to do both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. WordPress has always persevered on the concept of backwards compatibility, which is why I think a lot of people are really nervous. Um, and just to tie it in, in doing a pivot, especially with something really established and huge is challenging. If you're a brand new startup, it's easy to pivot. But I mean, WordPress is a behemoth. Chris, well, the, go ahead. Oh, it's just I was as you were saying is that one of the one of the problems with a lot of conversations when people are passionate about something, politics, WordPress, whatever, they tend to uh, vote. Their vocabulary is either black and white, um, you know, either you know the the baby's going to be thrown out, you know, with the bath um, water, you know, blah blah blah. But it's not black and white. Um, 
you know, it's just about um, a lot of the worries are really not about solely about the technological change, just how the the actual change is going to be handled. If you understand what I mean, that, what do you think about that, Chris? I think Chris Lemma says, if it were me, I'd stop talking about Gutenberg as a change to the editor and start talking about it as a change to the architecture. Yeah. I think that's heading in the right direction, but architecture is still somewhat of an abstract word. Yeah. So just to kind of tie it to the first piece of content we were looking at in this call regarding the state of the word and everything. In 2015, Matt said something along the lines of WordPress is no longer just uh, to, here to democratize publishing, but also development. When I heard that, it might've been earlier. I can't remember which year that was, but that's when I got really excited about you know, Lyft LMS is like a web application. It's not just WordPress isn't just for blogging anymore. You've got the e-commerce stuff and all these web apps powered by WordPress popping up. And that was a very visionary pivotal moment and a story that was told that was, you know, very inspiring. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm looking for in terms of this change is what is the story behind it? Because I know the intentions are good. I just want to kind of understand it in more detail. Is it, are we really just keeping up with Wix or, um, <clears throat> you know, trying to be more user friendly or, or is there something deeper? I think there's something deeper here and I just, I don't think it's in plain sight yet. Well, you know, it's linked, it's linked to the ambition to be like 50% um, to be running all, 50 or over percent of the internet, isn't it? it? You know, if you can pull this off, plus keep um, all the developers, third-party plug-in community on board without it fragmenting and just, you know, just ending up in a bit of a nightmare. But if you can keep those people on board, plus add the, all this additional fun, you have something which probably can um, get near to something what has been stated as a goal because, you know, it will be a really powerful force in the internet. What do What do you think, John? What What was your thoughts of Chris's article? Yes. So uh, Chris Lemon's article, um, I thought it was like really interesting, and I thought what he was laying out here would be a great um, ending for uh, Gutenberg to end up, where you have dynamic content based on. Uh, you know, where, what you viewed on the site or what types of actions you've already taken, that would be awesome. Um, I, I think right now the biggest challenge that the Gutenberg project faces, uh, as many people have stated, is just kind of a uh, education in the community of what the end goals are, which he states in this article. The whole community needs to be on board with what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I think there's still that part lacking and uh, I, I think probably 28% uh, of the web still uh, is not educated enough about Gutenberg. I think the hardcore WordPress people kind of have an idea of where it's going and what it can be and what kind of challenges we're going to face but I think there are a lot of people still in the dark and so um, I, I think a lot of effort needs to be put into uh, just kind of educating everybody and keeping them on board with, with what this is 
and where it's going and how they're going to handle issues like backwards compatibility and what the end product is going to look like. And I think what Adam uh, said earlier is correct is a lot of what the problem with the current WordPress uh, product is, is it's hampered by its, what, what it came from where you have all kinds of things like fractured in different places. Uh, and editing a page is not intuitive for, for someone who's not used to WordPress. And I, I think that Gutenberg is an effort to catch WordPress up to a lot of the other solutions that are on the market. So I, I think if that can be achieved in the end, um, then I think it's going to be worth it. So. Yeah, and I think I'm oh, going to go on. I was, I was going to say, <laughs> and, and in hindsight, the the resistance to it is all WordPress's own doing, right? Because people, I think what they didn't realize is that people like doing things the way that they're doing it. They've already found tools that get them get them where they want to go, whether it be frameworks or page builders and people are fiercely loyal to these things and then to come and say we're we're coming out with a page builder versus coming out when they understood the entire vision and expressed the entire vision and how the entire vision the plan for that versus it was announced as a replacement to the the um the classic editor the now classic editor that's kind of what was how it was brought out so sadly all the resistance they have, I think a lot of it is their own doing versus uh, it, with poor communication, right? Any of you guys married in relationships, you know it all boils back down to that, right? You got to communicate. Well, it was. It wasn't communicated very well, but it is what it is. But funny, the strangest thing is um, if it had been explained the way Matt explained it in his interview, you know, I thought another nice bit was when he said, you know, people are worried about change, you know, um, and we all do, but uh, and the consequence, um, but becoming irrelevant is even a worse outcome. Um, yeah. And that's his main uh, in the interview. That is his main concern. That if these changes aren't done, that WordPress will increasingly. Um, and he mentioned that the last people that will be affected by this irrelevance are the you know the, the um, agencies like Ten Up. Um, the um, that are dealing with large projects, they will be the last people that will feel um, ir irrelevancy touching them. But everybody else um, are, will be affected much quicker. So I thought that was a quite insightful bit. Um, but I do totally agree with you, Adam. In a, in a perverted way, um, if it had been explained the way you heard it in the interview that we really need to update um um we really need to update wordpress we need to keep it relevant blah 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 and these are our proposals i think if most reasonable people would have been on board a lot more <laughs> that's the perverse feel of it isn't it i don't what 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 does the panel think i want to say one more thing on that um you know I will tell you when I was using that platform I just talked about, that AppSumo deal, um, I, I was like, wow, this is so nice. I don't have to worry about all these things. I don't have to worry about caching. I don't have to worry about 
JavaScript conflicts and this random thing that's not working right. And I don't know why now I got to deactivate everything. And that always scares the hell out of me. Um, you know, I don't have to deal with all this stuff. And I think it would have been important. You need a good maintenance company. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, then you have to, or someone's worrying about it. Uh, but the point is, is there is pain. There is obvious pain for people that have used WordPress. And there's a reason why people are using these other platforms. And um, ultimately, I'm hoping that Gutenberg will will resolve a lot of these pain points. Now, even pain, you guys all got to admit, there's pain points for you guys too. You know, when you're the one having to find out why this random thing is happening, it's a, you don't want to spend an hour doing that. You know what I mean? And dealing with caching plugins and all that, you know, there was this, wow, this is easy. I don't have to like worry about it. I don't have to update anything. There was all these feelings going on with me, but then you lose flexibility, control, ownership, you lose all that. So the pros don't outweigh the cons, but those cons are very real things. And to people that don't even care about extensibility and owning and all that, I want to go to a Shopify over WooCommerce or um, all of those uh, various things because at the end of the day, it's going to make my life easier. Um, well, the thing is, if, if, if you can get what you need from a platform that's, that is easier, then you should go do it. Yeah. Uh, but it is also the, okay, so you, you know, you were playing with this, you, you didn't run into a lot of the friction that you're accustomed to running into with WordPress. And depending mm -hmm. on what it builds you, like if it builds you a flat file site, well, then you don't need caching because you already have static files. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if, as you move into it and say, hey, what's, uh, 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 what's, you know, okay, now I want to do this. Oh, well, there's not actually a way to do that. Or, oh, mm -hmm. I have to somehow, oh, yeah. you know, I have to put my own JavaScript into it to, you know, you, there, ha there are going to be friction points in any system. It's a, it, the question is, where are they? And are they the ones that you can work with or that you won't encounter very much or that you, so, you know, I don't think WordPress is the tool for every job. I don't think that we should try to make it the tool for every job. And Amen. this is a little bit of why I am hesitant about the, you know, the notion of trying to reach 50% of, of the internet. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you don't want it to be so universal that there is not enough competition. There is not enough innovation. Uh, and uh, that, you know, everybody ends up using WordPress as the default and then trying to shoehorn it into doing things that it's not really very good at. Yeah, it's also linked, it's also linked Adam, because it's always had a kind of, I'm using this word duality a little bit too often lately, and I, um, but it's, um, it's had like two worlds, you know, like Drupal, um, Tick Drupal. Drupal hasn't got those two worlds. It, it's used by hardcore developers to build rather large websites. Um, that is its purpose, and that tends to be its user base. Where WordPress, we've always had this duality of a very large developer community, but also a very large do-it-themselves community as well, Adam, um, which is a strength, but also a weakness, because you're you're trying to compete with two <laughs> separate groups that have different requirements and outlooks. Um, we've had a, um, one of our most popular panelists join us, Lee Jackson. Um, hopefully you've been following the conversation. Got any insights, Lee? 
Um, well, I've, I've only just joined halfway through. Are we talking about, are we still talking on Gutenberg and trying to reach 50% or more of the internet? Well, we, we were talking about Chris's Lemmer's recent article um, where he was doing a synopsis of what the present situation with Gutenberg uh, is. Yeah, uh, I didn't understand half of what he was saying. Well, would you like, <laughs> because... would you like, would you like to um, um, explain that a little bit? Uh, yeah, yes, because I found it way too wordy, uh, and uh, which I do tend to find with quite a bit of Chris Lemmer's content. Um, he's a great guy, but uh, when I start to read he's his content... He's very wordy, I, isn't he? Yes, uh, he's very wordy, like me, I guess. Maybe I'm projecting what I don't like about myself onto poor old Chris Lemmer, but uh, certainly it was it was way too wordy. Well, and, he's, not uh, poor, he's not poor, Lee. Put it that way, he's not poor. I wouldn't <laughs> use poor. Uh, <laughs> so you're asking the wrong guy i've got total loads of opinions on the caldera um uh, article if you guys haven't covered that one yet so we, we haven't talked about it yet so you're that, you are in time yeah. that's yeah. all you agency trailblazer okay do some name dropping google it dot yeah. com I think we're going for our break, folks. When we're coming back, we'll be discussing another news story and we're changing the format a bit. And I've got an announcement as well. So um, you want to listen to the second half. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had a lively discussion. Our first of the new year. I do not know what happened to 2017. It was all a haze. Uh, it seemed to disappear rather rapidly. Uh, um, we've got a great panel as well. Um, really enjoyed the conversation lively and opinionated which is great uh um, on to the next story how to choose the right professional for your website project um and it's yeah um anybody want to jump in on this one i, I have a, i have a question as we get started it, it does is the font borked for anybody else because when I look at that, I can hardly read it because there are letters in the text that are like randomly a heavier weight. What, you're talking about the article? Oh, the actual article on the, on the Caldera site, yes. Was I, that an article yeah. about they need to hire someone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we got some people here that are perfect up for it. So, yeah, no. I'm just wondering, you know, because I, I looked at it in, in three browsers on my other computer and, and you know, I, I'm looking at it in Firefox Developer now and there are just these randomly, uh, you know, kind of boldish uh, uh, words throughout the text, which made it extremely hard to read. Where's your cat, Adam? Bring the cat out, Adam. Oh, my son takes that thing, oh. man. He just like, I got to pry it from his hands. <laughs> <laughs> the minute that cat came here, he took it. Oh, I mean, it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's mine. 
I'm sorry. Um, folks, you're probably wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Um, it's a little bit of an internal joke, which Adam is really... We have two Adams uh, that can join us. So we call Adam, um, our present Adam, Dr. Evil, and it's a little bit of an in-house joke. And we got him a cat, a stuffed cat, uh, um, but his son's taken it, kidnapped it. Yes, so I'll, I'll, I'll rescue him. Yes. Anybody else want to jump in on this? Lee said he had some strong feelings about this. You want to unmute? Yeah, go on, Lee. I always have strong feelings. Um, I, I guess I actually I love Caldera Forms. It's one of the yeah. most powerful form builders out there. Um, I do have a few issues with the article. I think maybe it's just the wording and the misunderstanding that could come. Tip number one: instantly rub me up the wrong way. Get the most for your budget that your budget can afford i.e. get the most for your money which kind of promotes the idea of trying to drag as much as you can out of whatever budget you have which is really an ass about face way of doing things in my personal opinion it's actually oh, no, that, that's interesting <laughs> i read that as basically pay as much money as you possibly can uh because that, what that, it, that's, that's what the article says but it's the wrong title. Ah, it's the, it's, it's the, <laughs> the, the, the title says the, the opposite. So I agree with them, but their title doesn't work because it sounds like, uh, especially here in the UK, I guess, but our translation of that is get the most bang for your book. So get as much as you can for the money that you have, which doesn't necessarily work. What, what it should be saying is, you know, don't be scared to spend that extra money because most people don't uh, have the budget for whatever it is they want to achieve. They don't really understand what's involved. So they think, oh, I'll put a thousand pounds aside when actually it's going to cost them 10,000 pounds. Yeah, you know, yeah, we all those conversations, you know, more reasonable, you know, you give a, you know, you shop around, you talk to people that you trust that you think, yeah. you know, can do the job for you. Um, you know, I try and, you know, when I'm talking about people price, I always try and treat people with respect and I understand that they're in business to make a profit. They're not there to be a charity to me. Um, and if I can't afford it, I'm upfront about it. And then we see if we can work together. Other people... Don't don't do that, or they get rather upset, or they get um, all sorts of reactions. What did you did you read it at all, Chris? At all? Did you have a little look at I this? I did. I thought it was a good article. I for me, it's kind of topical because I have a history of running a web agency, and I think that there are some good points on here. One of it, the main thing is that um clients whenever i would meet with clients or prospective clients and as a wordpress product company at lifter lms i hear so much where people are upset angry disappointed mad at their <laughs> web developer agency uh i would usually start off when i was doing web agency work kind of at a disadvantage because wherever this person came from or this company they had a bad experience so now i have to build up the trust and explain how we do things differently. And I think a lot of the points in this article point to areas where um, a client can have a great experience. So for example, understand web design versus sales copy. A lot of business owners, unless they're in uh, marketing and sales, they want a website, but they may not be like great copywriters. So when the website company says, can you send me your content? Uh, it might not be that good unless they, they have training and copywriting and stuff like that. So that's just a problem in the industry. I'm just identifying that if a true like web agency, like at the higher end would bundle that into the service or at least review the content and make some suggestions and, and things like that. Um, 
I'm going to skip the budget one. Uh, learn to examine the portfolio. I think that's, you know, show don't tell is a, always a great thing. Look into the team. Yeah, but that, that's a like really bland little, it's like, so learn to examine the portfolio. It doesn't tell you anything about how you should examine a portfolio and what you should look for. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And there's all these- Well, actually, I actually totally disagree. I understand why that was put there and why people say that. But most, most clients, they, they like what Sally said, they don't- Right, you know, it's like, oh, okay, so here's a here's a picture of a website, and it looks pretty. Uh, it'd be it, like it, me, it'd be like me looking at free brain. You know, if I had a, needed a brain a brain operation, maybe I do. Uh, um, so and I, just, I was, I was I looking at. Say, uh, sorry, I just uh, want to say uh, a, a portfolio needs. What are we examining? Are we examining good design? Are we examining like a fifty percent increase in sales? Right, and, and you know, is is a development portfolio different from a design portfolio? Different from a you know, agency overall? I mean, I, I actually am you know somewhere in my copious spare time because my portfolio is you know, I'm, I'm way behind on putting stuff in there, but I'm realizing that I, I want to rethink what I did, which what I have there tends to, to focus too much on kind of the technical stuff. What, what I really want to put up there are more case studies about here is what the client needed and here are the outcomes we achieved. And by the way, it, you know, the, the website looked good. Um, I've got to be honest here. Most of the clients when I was actively dealing with clients couldn't care fuck about the look of it. All they wanted, well, there was a couple that were, you know, and they were the real pains. Most people, what they wanted was an end result. If they're smart John. enough about their own businesses, that that's what they that's what they want. But part of why, you know, I, I put a link in the in the chat back in October. I, I wrote a, an article about basically what you need to know before you can hire a web developer, and and it's all about what you need to know about your own business before you could possibly engage somebody to, to build a successful project for you. Because if you don't understand what success is for Preach. your business, you can't explain that to the developer and they can't build you a site that will achieve anything and you're ah. going to be unhappy with whatever it is. And you just need to know what you want as well. You know, you've got your, you know, run of the mill website designer. And then you got guys like John who specializes in, a particular type of result, which is SEO. And so uh, he's going to make you uh, a website that is geared for that and then provide everything else that's needed for it. And that might be opposite of your vision of what you want for a website because what you want isn't going to get you the result. Right, John? Yeah, absolutely. And and another thing that, that, that I would love to point out when we're talking about portfolios is what I see like a lot of agencies do is they'll just kind of put some screenshots of their, you know, uh, Photoshop documents and they won't say anything about why this, you know, they redid the site, what they were trying to achieve. Did they achieve what they were trying to do? It's just, here's some pretty stuff. It looks that's pretty. It. It, won a that's it. It, won a, it won us a world, a local regional um, yeah. uh, marketing award. Uh, uh, yeah. What, that's what? a question I have actually. The responsive design, like, oh, I did this responsive design portfolio piece tied into what we were talking about before. Is there going to be like a Gutenberg compatibility type, like as a as a portfolio piece? This one's a Gutenberg design. It's just a question I have. Is that going to be a selling point? I don't think people are going to know what Gutenberg is, are they? Uh, right. I, I think it's 
well, I think kind of like responsive design has now. No, it's they can, going no, to, if they keep it's, reading Chris Lemmer's article. Right, so. it's, it's, there, I mean, there, there's going to be a period where it's kind of a, a selling point if you're, you know, up to date with it uh, sooner. And then it's just going to be assumed that, you know, like if, if it's 2018. If, if somebody builds you a website that's not responsive, they should probably be hauled out and shot. Shots. Sailed out. With regards to with regards to portfolios, though, I mean, I, I'm probably the worst person to talk because I'm actually not allowed to publish my portfolio. I actually work with design agencies, so the only way people can access my portfolio is through signing a non-disclosure agreement, of which I actually share with them case studies rather than portfolios. So yes, there are some pretty pictures. Um, of sites that we've built, but they've actually been designed by other people. And half the time, the design doesn't look like what the client even wanted because those designs were designed with the end user in mind rather than what the client likes. If the client likes brown, doesn't matter. Your end user who needs to purchase or do whatever it is you need to do, it needs to look like they need it rather than the client. Uh, so all of our portfolio is really based on, here's some screenshots. Yes, we actually built the site. Here's the link, go and check it out. But actually here is what the problem was. Here is what the solution was that we put in place. And six months later, here is the feedback from the client as to what they said um, about this website. Did we do, so did the agency like the work that we've done? Yes or no? Obviously we're only going to publish the ones where they said yes. Uh, and equally, you know, what were the results of the website? You know, what was the original result? Did, did that client get those results? Um, so that's what we tend to do. It's very much results orientated. Um, and we'll only share the case studies that are relevant to the quote we're doing. For example, I'm doing a quote right now for a database application. So I am sending two demos of existing sites that we've done where we've built a CRM system and we've built a booking system so we're sending that over as the case study and the demonstration works a lot better i found anyway no that's definitely why i want to try and, and move in that direction because the, the, you know the client does not care what theme or plugin or or technical uh bit you wrote or how clever your coding was or, or any of that stuff they, they care about um did it do the thing we needed it to do you know, and and they possibly care about, and is it going to be you know reasonably easy easy to you know maintain and upgrade and 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 so on? But yeah, you, you tend to get um, you know these all generalistic statements that comes with the territory. So I want to point that out to the listeners and viewers. But my experience, you know, you you had very broad, but kind of two camps of clients. You had a client that really. They for for some reason we need either a new updated website or we need a website and we have these very vague reasons why we want it and um, we've had some bad experiences before we're totally virgin to this and and there's a lot of discovery there's going to be a lot of back and forth a, a ton a lot and somebody's got to have to pay for all that or not if they're not paying it you're not going to make a lot of money from the job. Yeah, it's, I, I, I have a, a, a post in mind about basically why a basic website costs twenty five hundred dollars. Is well because it's all the stuff you don't see on the website. So never is a basic website. Well, you know there are people who more or less want that kind of brochure site. You know, home about services, contact blog, a, a sort of thing. But even to do that well you have to spend a lot of time on discovery and understanding what their real goals are and, and, you know, working with them about the content. And you have to spend all the time doing all that, you know, the infrastructure setup that doesn't show that nevertheless is going to make it, you know, more search friendly is going to, you know, have 
security and backups and, and all of those things in, in, in place. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it, no matter how, you know, it, it, there's only so much you can leave out and still have something that's worth building. You're very quiet, Adam, for this little bit. What's, you, what's your views about this? Well, I was just wanting to listen uh, more from Lee because he's an agency trailblazer and uh, he teaches people these concepts, which is a big uh, point because, you know, there's no barrier to entry to being a web designer. You could just, you know, watch a YouTube video uh, at my channel and say, I want to be a web designer. And then you get yourself in all these landmines. And then you need a guy like Lee to like help you navigate through those landmines to get the most out of the process, of course. Um, so I was just wanting to hear more from the, tra tra the trailblazer himself. <laughs> I'm shameless, guys. It just is what it is. I, I just put a comment in our thread. Adam is a walking infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't be the first person that thought that. Unfortunately, that's well, okay. When he, yeah. when he got married, he was like, "And don't forget to check out W to <laughs> No, I wore a shirt. It was on the back of my legs <laughs> to have and to hold. <laughs> right. Um, I think I'm gonna um, wrap this up, folks. It's been a lively discussion. I really enjoyed it. But before that, I want to announce something, folks. Um, obviously we've been doing the round tables and we've been doing it in a format where we did the news in the first half and then we had a specific topic in the second half and I wanted to do a change in 2018 where we discuss more news stories but what I would like to do the second half is have guests on the show and have the panel interview them and who should these guests be um, if you are doing a presentation at a word camp um, you're, you have written an article, um, you're, you are passionate about something in WordPress um, and you would like to come on the show, this is your opportunity. I will be putting up a specific page on the WP Tonic website, revamping it would be more truthful and it will have a form on there and it will be in our show notes and I'll be plugging it during the coming weeks. And you'll be able to fill in that form and then I'll have a quick chat with you and you'll be able to join us on a Friday at 9am, um, 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. And um, you'll be able to join us and the, the panel will also be able to ask you questions and we'll have a discussion about your particular passionate subject. How does that sound? That's right. Come on, what WP Tonic and be interrogated by a group of fiercely opinionated WordPress professionals. Show how passionate you are, don't it? You know, it'll be, um, it should be fun, actually. Um, and if you're up for it, it should be a, a lively discussion. And you'll be touching quite a few people. So if you want to promote your WordCamp or whatever you're about, it'll be a great opportunity without all the burdensome of having to do a weekly podcast and i can tell you that is a fair bit of work but there we go i love it so i keep doing it so that, that, that's why it shows you're in the area that you should be doing because even though you get stuff you still keep on doing it um so um please contact me and uh love you on the show so i'm gonna let the panel um tell you how you can contact them and uh, let's start with lee jackson how can people find out more about you and and um what your new services your new oh. thing you're doing lee? 
All right. My name is Lee Jackson, and I run several different businesses, podcasts, etc. But the recent uh, thing we've launched is Agency Trailblazer. You can check that out on agencytrailblazer.com. For agency owners who are stressed out, it might be cash flow, it might be clients that you don't like, it might be long hours that you're working, and we're creating a community on there that you guys can access, agencytrailblazer.com, to teach you how to fall in love with your agency again. And I think it's a fantastic idea, Lee, when you said you were doing it and we had a quick little discussion about it. I just think it's a a perfect platform for you and it's going to offer enormous values to the people that join your community. Well, I'm a hugger, mate, so it's a perfect community for me to create. (laughs) Um, Adam, how can people find out more about you? Sure thing. Uh, just um, you can visit me on wpcrafter.com or youtube.com slash wpcrafter. As a matter of fact, last night I put a video out on uh, getting more free traffic from Google. It's a free video right there on my YouTube channel. It's about 19 minutes long. I go through some strategies just as long as John doesn't watch it. Um, uh, he might you, actually, why don't you watch that, John, and, and jump into the comment section and, and you, know, uh, uh, you know, make yourself known there. Yep, he's going to do, do that. Just do it. Just do it. Um, Chris, how can people get hold of you and um, what you know? Find out more about you, Chris. Thing I have a podcast called LMS Cast. It's for people who are creating online courses and membership sites. So check that out. Just Google LMS Cast or look for it on iTunes. And also, you can find my WordPress plugin and plugins for creating and selling online courses and coaching programs over at LifterLMS.com. And it's awesome. You should use it. Yeah, it's a great product. And uh, it's a really fantastic podcast as well. Um, I listen to it regularly. Fantastic stuff, Chris. Sadly, um, how can people find out about you? You can find me at WPFangirl.com. I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. And if you can spell my name, you can find me anywhere. I am unique in Google. That's true. You are unique, Sally. There you go. Um, John, how can people um, find out more about you? If you head on over to lockdowndesign.com, you can learn all about what I do, which is SEO, specifically for manufacturers and other blue-collar industries. And uh, I'm pretty much locked down design everywhere or locked down. So uh, how do people get a hold of you, Jonathan? Oh, before that, Folks, I want to say you want to follow uh, John on his Twitter feed. He always publishes some really fantastic stuff on that. And um, just read some of his stuff on his blog. It's very insightful. And also Sally's as well. Uh, I've copied Sally's link to our last story, and I'll be putting that into the show notes. Um, How can people get a hold of me? It's quite easy, folks. Follow me on Twitter at Jonathan Denwood. Go to our Facebook page. We also got a group which I've done nothing with for the past two weeks, but um, it's on my list of things to really start ramping up. Um, It's to find the motivation. I also would say, listen, uh, we did a fantastic interview on Wednesday with um, Brian Messi, who's the conversion professor Professor, as I put him, uh, um, we covered um, conversion science, as uh, Brian would put it, and uh, it was a really, I thought, a really great conversation. So you want to listen to that, folks, as well. And if you want to support the show, um, I plug it every week. Um, go to iTunes and give us a review. We did have one review 
that wasn't totally five star. He said he was totally confused by by the um, WP tonic. We didn't seem to be focused at beginners. And we're not, unfortunately. <laughs> um, we have a lot of stuff about um, helping beginners, but if you really want to um, get that top-notch support, you should go to Adam's YouTube channel, and he's got about, oh, God knows how many videos you've got about getting learners up and going. How many videos have you got now, Adam? Almost 300. 300, my God. My goodness Three. gracious. Yep, and it's all free stuff, and it's all high quality, and um, I highly recommend it. So if you're a beginner, go over there. We're more aimed at the kind of intermediate, slightly more advanced, so I can understand the confusion, and I apologize. So that's me. I'm going to finish my rambling, and we'll see you next week for another WP Tonic Roundtable. See you next week, folks. Bye. Cheerio. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.